Christmas joy. That's why we don't have words. That's why Jimmy didn't have words. That's why we're glad that he has gifted songwriters to write our sentiments so that we can sing words that we couldn't put words to, right? Christmas joy, do you know what I know? Well, you may not know this, but I know it. I love to know what I'm getting for Christmas. Anybody else in the house? Right? Uh, any of you, like, uh, I, I would easily, I, I would really go head-to-head competition with you on being able to guess my Christmas gifts under the, under the tree. Any of you kind of squeezers and tuggers and stuff? Right raise of hand. Let me just see. Oh, you're pointing others out. I see how that works. Welcome to church. She's a sinner over there. She does it right over there. She does it, right? How many of you like surprises and love surprises? Oh, gosh. There's a recovery group for you all. Um, No, I mean, seriously. And then my kids think I'm, like, amazing. Now they're older. But they used to think, how does Dad know this? And see, dummy me, right, in full transparency, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's that. And they'd be like, oh, I kind of ruined their surprise, right? But I'm like, this is really a no-brainer. There's no magic to it. I've, I've got like 50 years experience. Any of, you, any of you confess today that you kind of like took the razor blade and cut the cellophane so that you could open the gift or re-tape your gifts? Come on, is there anybody in the house? All right, I will see you at that recovery group. So, yeah, I mean, I, I want to know. I just want to know. And, and, and then, and then uh, you know, I get... I, you know, I've gotten the lectures from Pamela. It's like, you know, it just, it just kind of spoils everything. I'm like, it doesn't for me. If, if you've listened to me, and it's something I want or need, and then I know you've gotten it for me, that's celebrative to me. I know what I'm going to open. She's like, just don't tell us. I'm like, okay. I do know that God knows what we need. I do know that God has afforded me everything. I think at Christmas time we can, again, we can, it can be so familiar and, you know, some of us, <clears throat> as Jimmy alluded to earlier, some of us just, we just kind of suck it up and we can do it for about 16 hours with family and we're done. I mean, it's it. I mean, it's just what it is. There's, you know, and we kind of manufacture joy. We don't like the folk we're finally seeing or Cousin Eddie or something, you know. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's like one day, you know. And some of us, you know, some of us, it's seasonal. I've had those seasons where it's like I can muster it up for a day and I really can't manufacture this, this hype joy. I am just kind of living on the joy that's unspeakable. And, and I know it's joyous, and I know it's great, and, and, but I just kind of go through the motions. There are those seasons, and maybe some of you are like this all the time, but man, you're like, I mean, seriously, how many of you like started in October? Be honest. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you're like, yeah, it's here, right? You're just like, 
You're just so pumped, you know? It's like that recovery group meets at Walgreens. And, and I think it starts July 31st is when I think that recovery group starts, you know? Um, but today I want to talk about a joy that's beyond just, you know, our kind of our, our, our kind of excitement. It's the joy unspeakable. It's a joy, it's a Christmas joy that, that helps us take that which seems so familiar and remind ourselves of what it means joy-wise. It's, it's, yeah, it gets reduced to story, but when that story penetrates our heart and our souls and our minds, I would suggest to you that most everyone in culture has heard at least some sort of flavor of the, the Christmas story, the, the trueness of the gospel, the, you know, the Jesus part, and they may have heard it through the shopping center or whatever, and they hear that, and, you know, I'm sure that the Spirit of God who is poured out on all flesh can work with most anything. And it's that story that, that we as kids or the little manger scene underneath my mom and dad's tree for years before I really got held captive by Christ, I was captivated by the story and used the little figurines and I'd stick a G.I. Joe down there and stuff, you know. But what, what I can tell you, do you know what I know? I know many of you have the testimony that it, it was the story that changed, but that story takes on a different translation. It's called the gospel. What I do know is that the gospel changed me. The gospel changed people I love. The gospel has changed people in a way that, that's beyond a story. It's, it's, it's the truth of God that penetrates. You can't, you can't necessarily express it, but you experience it. You can't, you, you can't really you know, you know, try to express every point of it, but even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of just pulling it off for a couple of hours on that one day or that one season, it didn't take anything away from the joy that is in you. You see, what I know, and, and I ask, do you know what I know, is that, that this word is real. It's, it's penetrative. The scripture says that, it's, that it cuts to the very marrow of our bone, our, our, our sorrow, our joy, our our bone in us, the, the very man of who we are, the very woman of who we are, and, and it speaks to us. And so story becomes gospel, and gospel changes things. And in that, that's where the joy unspeakable comes. He resides within us. You see the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes who came, and we studied that last week, the God is with us. God came and into the flesh. Jesus, the God-man, now residing with us, knowing, breathing our air, breathing the, the, the social, cultural, breathing everything so that he could fulfill the gospel. You see, I believe that not just because I want to build a case for my silliness, but I want to build a case theologically that God knows exactly what we want for Christmas. He knows exactly what we need for Christmas. He knows exactly what we need if every day is Christmas, Christ's Mass, right? It is every day He knows, then He's already told us about the package that was to come. He's already prophetically said, it's going to happen in specific ways. And and, and it's going to be for all people. 
It's not just going to be for Jews. It's also going to be for Gentiles. It's going to be for everyone that hears the good news that your life can be changed. And so let me just cover this. I think I know most of my audience today, but I don't know your hearts. I don't know your minds. You see, if Jesus' story, even church-wise, has stayed at a story level, can I just provoke you with human words and pray that the Spirit provokes you with spiritual words? That Jesus, the gift, and the gospel teaches that he knows exactly what you need. That you need forgiveness. That you need to be freed from guilt and shame. <coughs> that you have answers that you've tried and things are failing. He knows you need good news for your bad news. And God desires for you to receive the gift of his son. There's nothing you can do to clean up. There's nothing you can do to get your act together. He takes you exactly the way you are. And although you in the human plane can put on a good face, he knows your heart. And at a heart level, he desires to speak to you and give you a peace and save you. You see, sin has run amok. And, and whether you believe in the S word or not, it is something that is there. And you've been hurt because of that S word. And you've hurt others because of the S word, sin. And yet he has redeemed us. He has taken on the wrath of God for all of our sins because we can easily hurt one another. And Jesus says, I know that and receive me so that you might be saved. You see, that's the gospel, the good news, that apart from anything that we can muster up, he was the gift of God. He is our answer. He redeems us. And we receive the freedom that only comes through salvation in him. You see, that's the joy unspeakable. That's the Christmas message. That is what we celebrate in our hearts. No matter if we can muster up the cultural or the, you know, the, the kind of the manufactured Christmas. That's what God is saying. That's what I'm penetrating. That's what I want you to be joyful. That's what allows you to sing. That's what allows Jimmy not to be able to finish a prayer with words because you experience it. You know it. You can't always express it, but you know it. Do you know what I know? You see, the joy that I receive, no matter what Christmas it is, is that Jesus came into a real world. He didn't stay a God in the distance. God didn't just say, yeah, you're a mess down there. He said, I'm going to join you in your mess. It's real. It's, it's real. And our lives are real. I think the gospel is shared better in messiness than in some sort of pompous pretending. If you're here today and it's been a while since you're in church, let me just tell you about our church. We're just real folk. We're a mess. And we kind of talk each other down when any of us try to think we're more pompous than someone else. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. But there's a difference between those who are sinners and saved and those who might end up in a Christless eternity. See, that's where we want you to fall in love with our Jesus. 
You see, the Christmas message says that Jesus came into a real world. Now we're doing it in a little reverse today. Sometimes you'll, we'll read the text and then we'll talk about it. Today I'm talking about it and then we're going to just let the Spirit give us this opportunity to just absorb ourselves in Matthew chapter 2. But there are four things that, that I really want to focus on in this way. The first is that, that, that God's got steady protection. You see, no matter what I've experienced in my life, I know that God has protected me. We see this in the life of Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2 is not the go-to passage except one little story, and that's the wise men that came. They were called magi, and they brought frankincense and myrrh, right? And, they, and gold, and they brought Jesus. And that's about all we can take out of the cultural, Christian, kind of manufactured Christmas are the wise men. But the rest of the chapter is like, okay, let's, you know, it's like those, you know, when the, Amanda and the team downstairs, you know, it's like they go through David with five stones, and we celebrate that, but we sort of pass off that he chopped the guy's head off. kind of keep it G-rated. It's amazing how God's holy word is just flat out real. It's rated R. It's called real. And so what we see is that God has got a steady protection. He protects us. Those of us that are in the midst of stuff, we, we're like, I don't feel protected. I don't know. It's too much I can handle. But when it's all said and done, we get through something, you're like, okay, I see it. What I love about that is, that is that faith can obviously be strengthened in a situation, and faith says God's got us, but when we start hemming and hawing in our faith, I really believe that's when God really has us. God really wants us to know that he has protected us. When you read Matthew chapter 2, which we're going to do, you really see Psalm 23. Lo, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, in the reality of things is that Jesus was born into a real world and from day one, they were out to kill him. And if you don't get anything in this message besides his love that you need to accept him, it's this. is that from the very beginning, man's evil plan was to kill him, get rid of him. And I'm just telling you that God already knew that that they thought it was their idea. And God had already had a master plan that Jesus would be killed for the redemption of the world. But from day one, his family, his family had to protect him, and God's protection was there. And we see so many detours. You're going to read, and you're going to see, well, they did this, and then they had a dream. And so Joseph had to go, okay, well, we're going to Egypt. And then they said, okay, Herod died, so let's come back. You know, it's time to come back. But yet Archelaus, the adolescent son of Herod after his death, was in charge. If Herod was an egomaniac, this adolescent boy, I mean, picture Fortnite being real. I'm serious. This kid was a mess. Even so much that the two big political parties in the system go, we got to get this kid out of here. We've got to get him out of power. So when someone is crazier than crazy, it kind of speaks, right? And so, so Archelaus, he, day one, the golden, you know, the golden eagle of Rome was in the temple. 
Should have never been there. Nationalism over God? Are you kidding me? So two Jewish leaders, they come, they take the, the, the golden eagle out of the temple. Archelaus finds out. People are dying. There's even in the history where at one time there were a thousand crucifixions under Archelaus. This dude was a mess. And so, in a dream, Joseph then goes over to Galilee because it's a mess. Isn't it amazing how detours get in our way, yet some of the detours that we've had in our life, we go, they were so significant, they were so monumental that they were leading me to a destiny. I'm telling you, God is going to steady protect us, but he also continues to detour us. Oh man, he wants our plans. He loves our visions. He loves all of that. But it's amazing how sometimes those detours come at the most inopportune times because he's desiring for us to know and understand that, that he's got our destiny. You see, you're going to see that. But we're also going to see that the faithful obedience of Joseph, right? The faithful obedience of the wise men, although they may not have been obedient to God as much as picking up on Herod, right? Herod's like, oh, my translation, my voice. Oh, when you find the child, let me know so that I might too come and worship. I'll use an old phrase, but I'd love to use a new phrase. That's baloney no matter how you slice it. Right? That guy was full of it. You see, he was like, king of the Jews? King of the Jews? Wait, I am the king of the Jews. And he was out to get him. So the wise guys, right, the, 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 the magi go, okay. They picked up on it, and instead of going back to Herod to report, they zip out of there. They, they obey, they faithfully obey the nudging and prompting of what was right. Joseph just hears in a dream and he's like, okay, let's, we, got, we got to get up. Could you imagine your wife is pregnant and now you have to travel to northern Africa? However many days. You see, the, the faithfulness of obedience is what brings us joy. What I can know is that each and every day I can celebrate my faithful obedience is it going to be 100%? No, he knows it's not always going to be. But what he loves is our intent. He loves our action. And so if we get the end, at the end of a year, right, we get the end of the year, we can look back and say, man, I've had 365 days of just being faithful, obediently faithful. Then no matter what our year was like, no matter what the detours were like, no matter what, what we had to be protected from, when it comes to this season, we can have, and all we can do is muster up that six hours on that, on that manufactured holiday. We can know without a shadow. Do you know what I know? That we can experience and muster within ourselves the joy that's unspeakable, the, the realness of what life is really about because Jesus came into a real world. And then the last thing we're going to see is that, that God's will is going to prevail. Sometimes people of faith wonder, have you ever wondered? I mean, are we, I mean, are we really going to get where we're going and where are we going? And of course we have. 
And see, that's what we can celebrate at the fact of knowing that God is going to get us there. His will is going to prevail, even over the mentalities of evil men, even over the ploys and the plots, even for the manufactured detours, God's will is going to prevail. And so one of the greatest gifts that we can give to ourselves is the beautiful reminder from his gospel and from his word that it says, when you look at it, God's still got his way. And his way, as much as I wanted to question and argue, was the right way. And so we don't do this much, but I want to do it today. I want you to just look at the person that's closest to you. And I just want you to, to just say to them, God's will will prevail. Say it. God's will will prevail. There is, there's no shadow of a doubt. <clears throat> Do I always feel it or know it consciously? No. But because my spirit connects with God, I can know. Do you know what I know? I know that God's will is going to prevail. But now I want you to make it personal. Because that can almost be like something on grandma's, you know, refrigerator or little tatting, you know. God's will will prevail. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, we got it. I want you to personalize it. This time I want you to say, God's will will prevail in your life. Go for it. God desires for us to personalize it at Christmas to let our knowing be so solid. You see, Jesus came into a real world, but what is beautiful and what we can celebrate is that God came into our world. He's in our world right now. He's desiring to change us right now. He knows your need right now. He knows your wants right now. He knows your desires right now. He knows what it is, and he's going to take us there. And sometimes the very detours are the things where you go, you going to get it yet? Sorry, I was like George Bush. Not going to do it, right? He wants us to know that he's got destiny. No matter how much we question it, no matter how much we get in our own way or someone else gets in our way, his will will prevail. He's going to get us there. Because there was a child that came into the will of man by the plan of God to change us and to move us and to be in us. Matthew chapter 1, we read the premise of the story and I will read it again. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So let's let the Spirit of God, and may the reading of his word, may we be attentive, may we be anticipating of what the Spirit desires to teach us with things that can become so familiar and mundane. 
I pray that the Spirit of God would make it afresh into our souls and speak directly to our hearts and our minds as we need it because Jesus is in our world. Matthew chapter 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and, it, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea. So for it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. From, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what was the time that the star appeared. And when he had sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose before them and rest until it rested over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary and his, his mother and fell down and worshipped. And they opened their treasures and they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And, they, and he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt, I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted, and because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream, Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child, and his mother went into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. Jesus came into a real world. He came into our world. And friends, he's come into your world. Do you know him? is the joy that you cannot manufacture. 
exceedingly experienced in you. You see, beyond all what we can remember or celebrate, with all the family gathering, he still resides within us and he desires for us to know that God's steady protection, even among all the detours, we're on our way to a destiny and that our faithful obedience, if we endure, we will certainly see and we'll say, that God's will truly does prevail. Do you know what I know? Father, thank you for this time in your word and your gospel. Thank you for the story that is gospel, good news. Father, I pray for those that have heard this story or these stories year after year and time and time again, may this be the day of their salvation, that they may experience you in a different way and receive your son. And for the rest of us, may our tired hearts, our burdened souls, or our joyous because we began in October, may we be reminded today of that deep joy that is unspeakable and exceedingly great because of the one we love, the one who redeemed us, our Savior, Jesus. Amen.